Hello, my name is Julie Grimm. I am here with another episode of Love, Dating, and Relationships for Spiritual Women. Uh, for those of you who haven't watched, who don't know me, I am a spiritual guide and energy healer in the lineage of King Solomon, and I support individuals on walking their path towards greater self-awareness and greater enlightenment in their life. And I am so thrilled to have Susan Trotter here with me today. Susan is a relationship coach, and I love what she does because she helps us find fun in dating again, and I'm all about play and fun. So she helps people date successfully and also bring that joy and fun back in. So Susan, so glad to have you. Thank you, Julie. I'm really happy to be here. Wonderful. So let's dive right in. I mean, my first question for you is, you know, what are the major struggles or obstacles that you see your clients come forward with? And then because I love fun and because you specialize in that, you know, where did the fun go? Why did we lose it? Right. What happened? <laughs> good, good question. So uh, let's start with the first one. You know, what, what are people struggling with? Um, and what, what's creating that struggle. Um, so I think that so much of what happens in our experience with dating relationships have, has to do with ourselves first and foremost. And so when people are dating and they're not feeling confident or they're not feeling good about themselves or they maybe haven't done some of the work they need to do to identify patterns and make shifts and so forth, they bring that into their experience. And so you know, if you're, you know, what we put out in the world, right, tends to be what we get back. And there's so many different structures for thinking about that. Um, but, but at its basic level, what we put out is what we get back. So when we're feeling good about ourselves, we're much more likely to attract people who feel good about themselves and are going to make us feel good. And of course, the reverse is true as well. So I think that the first step is really looking at where people are in their lives and how are they feeling about themselves? And, and again, have they done the work they need to do to identify patterns that don't serve them very well? Um, history tends to repeat itself when we don't work through things. It's true in life in general, and it's certainly true when it comes to dating and relationships. Um, and then the other piece um, I think is that people don't necessarily know how to assess people really well online and don't take the time um, before they move forward in meeting them to really do their due diligence and assess them um, uh, upfront. And I think that part's really important because when we move too quickly um, and we meet people and we get disappointed, then we bring that back into the process and then we're feeling more negative about it. So that that's part of the struggle as well. So many things that you just shared there. Um, first one, when you were talking about, you know, seeing that mirror, what, what came to mind was if we don't like what we see in the mirror, we don't go buy a different mirror, right? <laughs> like that's not going to change it. We have to clean up whatever, you know, we're bringing to that table. And then what you were saying about relationships and, um, you know, it's like, I've seen for myself too, that sometimes I'll search for a partner because I feel dissatisfied with my life. So it's like, I'm looking outside myself to find that satisfaction. And, and again, it's like, well, if the mirror that I'm bringing is dissatisfaction, mm -hmm. I'm probably not going to find fulfillment and contentment there on the other side of things. 
Absolutely. I, I often say to people, it's really important to date with intention and to be in a really good place. When you are feeling confident about yourself, you feel worthy and deserving of love, real, true love, um, and you've created a life that other people might want to be a part of, then you are able to date with intention. And that that's really important versus dating out of uh, need or void. Um, you know, if you're looking outside to fill the voids, then then you're, you might be miss, missing the mark and lose mm. in ways that maybe don't serve you very well. It's like dating uh, with distraction or boredom. Right, right. Versus intention. And that kind of goes to that second piece of advice that you gave, which was evaluating this person. And I recently made that error. <laughs> I've been enjoying in some ways dating during the pandemic because what used to be sort of strange as a first step, which would be, which would be a video call or even a phone call is now common practice. And it's wonderful for exactly what you've just said, you know, really getting a deeper sense of who this person is and what they're up to. But um, I have absolutely made that mistake where I don't really evaluate people. So can you talk a little bit more? What, would, what does that look like, that evaluation process? And I know you told me that you have never been on a bad first date. So I know that you are highly skilled at this. Absolutely. Yes. And when I say I've never been on a bad first date, I, I, I always follow up with, I'm no better than anybody else. It's that I know how to present myself. I've done my work and I know how to assess people really well up front so that by the time I would get to a first date, I knew two things. And these are the two factors that people really want to think about. Is this person a good quality person? And that means quality across the board. It doesn't mean perfect because none of us is perfect, but quality means good quality across the board. And so, for example, somebody who is, you know, say successful professionally and financially and is a jerk is not a good quality person because the success doesn't compensate for the jerkiness. Okay. <laughs> um, Wise words. Wise yeah. words. So quality is the first factor and a potential good fit is the second. And that has to do with shared interests, um, shared values. Shared values are foundational in a healthy relationship. And so it's really important to give thought to what your own core values are, to share that in a profile and to be looking for that through somebody else's profile and in the communication. Do they share values with you? That really sets people up for more success in the process as well. Um, so quality and fit are two of the things that are really, really important. And to your point about the pandemic, I actually think the pandemic is good for dating and setting people up for more success because it really has forced people to slow the process down and to get back to what we might even call some old fashioned courtship rituals that just simply involve talking and getting to know each other on a deeper level before moving forward. Um, and I think people do tend to kind of rush the process. And that's another factor that can actually sabotage them um, along the way. Um, so for me, my, out of my own experience, I'm in a relationship now, but when I was dating, I would really make sure that I was in a good place before I would get out there. Um, I really, one of the things I also encourage people to pay attention to is their mindset, you know, which is about how we think 
about ourselves, about other people we might go out with, about dating, the online dating world, all of that, and really doing some work around that to, again, ensure that your mindset is positive about this whole process. Um, and then looking for people who are good quality and a good fit so that by the time I would get to a first date, I knew those two things. I knew that I was going out with a nice person and then I was going to have a nice time, even if it didn't um, continue onto a second date. Um, and so I wouldn't feel like it was a waste of time. Um, and, and I also believe that whether things work out or not, there's learning in each experience for us. There are lessons for us. And so every experience is, if you're open to it, is going to also give you more information about yourself and what you want and need in a, in a relationship. I mean, and that's the perfect mindset right there is coming to it. You know, I'm just getting information about this person. It's just a learning experience. It's not like the end all be all, because I think what you were saying about us rushing the process, it's so interesting when you were bringing that up, I thought of two things. One is it's kind of vulnerable these days to take things slow, to really put out there exactly what you're looking for and to, um, to spell it out and to be very clear. I think that people, I mean, I'm, you know, dating in like the 30 something bracket, but people in a way they try and minimize what they're looking for, or they might not be totally transparent. I think because they want to be flexible or open, but you know, what you're saying is that's actually doing them a disservice. Right. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that, that I talk a lot about is that it's all, everything is information. You know, the picture somebody puts up, what they say, what they don't say, how they communicate, it's all information. And the more we can be clear about who we are and what we want, and then look for that in the profiles that, you know, what resonates most for us, the more likely we are to, to be able to find people that are a potentially good fit for us. Um, and it, it does require some vulnerability. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's dealing with our hearts and our emotions. And, and that, of course, can, can be a very vulnerable place for us. At the same time, the beginning of the process, it's not that personal, actually, even though it feels very personal. When people are online, everybody's trying to connect with people and usually with multiple people. And that can feel uncomfortable sometimes. But, you know, if somebody doesn't respond, it feels hurtful and it's not that personal. And if you can remember that, it can help you to just keep moving forward and not get stuck or hung up on the ones that aren't um, resonating for you for whatever reason. Um, I'll say, you know, why would you want to be with somebody who doesn't recognize how spectacular you are? So if somebody's not responding, they're not seeing for whatever reason, how spectacular you are, move on. They're not, they're not the right person for you. I love that. That's something that I think I've taken to heart more and more over the years. I've started to say, if something doesn't work out, somebody who I thought was great, you know, just from the first meeting, I don't know them very much. They disappear, they fall off the, the wavelength, whatever happens. I'm now saying, okay, like the universe just cleared the path a little bit more for me. They just said, for whatever reason, this was not a great fit. We're going to remove this from your, your journey and continue on. Because I used to get really hung up sometimes on those 
situations and circumstances. And what I love about what you're bringing here is it's so pragmatic and so practical and so grounded, which I think leads to that other reason that came to mind about why people rush things or why I've rushed things in the past is that, you know, really letting my emotions or like excitement, which at that level, let's be honest, they're mostly projections because I, I can't possibly know this person. Absolutely. Uh, and I let them take over. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, it's so, I, it's, it's so understandable, right? Cause we get swept up in it, you know, and it can feel really good. And, you know, if you connect really well with somebody early on, that's fabulous. And what you just said is so important. You can't really know them right away. You can feel like you do. And if you have that feeling, that's awesome. And it's really important to remember that it takes time to get to know somebody. And it's really behavior over time that tells us who somebody is. People can say all kinds of things. And most of us, let's be honest, are on our best behavior when we first start dating. Um, ideally, we're not showing all of us, all of ourselves right out of the gate because it takes time to develop trust and so forth. Um, it's also, it can also be uncomfortable for people to be in those early stages and allowing yourself to feel that vulnerability as you're getting to know each other. It can feel easier to kind of jump in quickly with seeing each other all the time and having sex and meeting family and going out under normal circumstances and doing all kinds of things. Um, you can start to feel this kind of intimacy that isn't fully um, true yet because it can't be. So I often and really encourage people to just really take time, take that time to get to know somebody and not rush the process. And it will set you up for more success and, and also allow you to have more fun ultimately too, actually. Yeah. Um, when you were speaking to, I mean, something that I've thought about recently because we're in the pandemic, but even before the pandemic, people were predominantly using dating apps to meet new people. I mean, you could still meet somebody out and about or through friends, but you know, dating apps has taken over this huge real estate in the dating world. And if you think about, you were mentioning courtship or even just dating historically, it, it, Maybe, you know, you might meet somebody, but it wasn't instantly under this umbrella of romantic interest. Whereas when you meet somebody on a dating app, even if ultimately there's just friendship there and there's nothing more, uh, it's starting off with the energy of, is there romance here? Which I think can also really, I don't know, make us jump headlong into something or just sets a different precedent for how we're relating to start with with somebody yeah no absolutely i mean it's if you're on a dating app you're there unless you're doing like bumble biz or bumble friends or something like that if you're on a dating app most people are on there to find romance to find some kind of relationship whatever the nature of that might be um so it does it sets up a certain expectation for sure uh and so you know coming back to what we were talking about earlier you know finding that finding that balance, that sweet spot of being engaged and open and at the same time being objective and pragmatic. Um, it's, it's a balance that can be really hard for people, especially when emotions are, are strong. And the more that you can find that balance, the more you're going to be able to set yourself up for success in the process. 
it's an art. Like what you're saying, I teach meditation. I'm like, that's meditation. Like that's what, that's what we do when we meditate. We learn how to balance our mind, which is an amazing tool. It's powerful. Sometimes we let it run the show too much with, you know, our creativity and listening to our intuition, listening to the universe, listening to divine, however you want to conceive of it. And we're, you know, sort of balancing both pieces and even more, right? So in some ways you're, it's almost like a, a living meditation mm-hmm, right. for people or a living yoga. Maybe <laughs> yoga is a better word that, that dating, it, it's really just an opportunity to see ourselves. Like you mentioned in the beginning, it's just, you know, where are we at? And now we're looking through the lens of relationships, but um, yeah, not an easy task. No, and it's so interesting. I mean, I, I work with, um, you know, people of all different ages and genders and situations and circumstances. Um, and one of the things that I'm so aware of is I, I tend to work with more women because women tend to seek out help more. Um, and I work with some incredibly spectacular women, you know, who are super successful in all different parts of their lives, except relationships. And it's fascinating, you know, that, that, you know, these women are, you know, CEOs and they're confident and powerful and they feel empowered in all different areas. And when it comes to relationships, it just triggers all this stuff for people that's so vulnerable. And so, you know, the more you can, again, kind of do your work around that in advance, um, or at least work with somebody while you're in process so that you can learn what you need to learn as you're going along. Um, and I, again, ident- identify those patterns um, and, and also really learn how to be selective and flexible at the same time. You know, again, I want people to choose quality for sure and not give people a pass because, you know, they have one thing, but not another that's really important. Um, but being flexible is also really important because we all have ideas of kind of who our type is or, you know, what kind of person we're supposed to be with. And sometimes people show up in really unexpected ways. And when we are open to possibility, which I'm really big on, then amazing things can happen also. And that also is a way to bring more fun back into the process too. Yeah, absolutely. So it's so interesting what you're talking about. Um, Can you say more? I'm just curious about these women specifically that you work with, because I do think it's a it's when you were talking about it, I was like, oh yeah, I know I've seen that a lot. That's, that's something that's actually pretty common. Like what are their unique struggles that they're dealing with? Or uh, you mentioned that it's triggering a lot of things within them. Are those unique for each individual or are they kind of like generalized mm-hmm. things if somebody were to identify with that? Yeah, um, I think they're more unique for the most part. Um, What I would say though, that might be more universal um, has to do with self-esteem when it comes to relationships. You know, that that even though, again, these women in particular we're talking about are, you know, very successful and powerful in in business or, you know, in other areas, um, there's, there's this insecurity that they often share when it comes to relationships. Um, And that insecurity ends up kind of driving the choices that they make, which then reinforces the insecurity, right? They get stuck, it's, it becomes that vicious cycle. 
Um, so, you know, how they got to that place, I think varies, of course, from people, from person to person. Um, but I think that the common denominator is, is insecurity and, um, and what comes with insecurity, I think is, um, choices that they accept less than what they really want and deserve. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And when you're talking about that too, I am like, well, if you're, if the framework for you dating is insecurity, I mean, not consciously, right. It's coming in through the cracks, through any places where you just really don't feel, you know, at peace with yourself. Of course, that's not going to be fun. Right. <laughs> of course, that's not an enjoyable process because, you know, even then if you meet somebody that you're interested in, and, and you're excited about if there's insecurity there, it's almost maybe more of an opportunity for those insecurities to take center stage. Right. And drive the process. Right. Absolutely. The other, the other thing that goes along with that, again, you know, working on how you see yourself, of course, matters. That's what we're talking about. The mindset piece is also so important. You know, when, when I, I have a dating webinar that I teach, it's two hours long. Sometimes we go longer. People at the start are like two hours, but it goes by really fast. And what, when you talk about dating, you can talk forever. That's yeah, what I've discovered. And I'm so passionate about it. So it's, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, but one of the things that, uh, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Um, oh, on your webinar. Yeah, so one of the things that uh, the feedback that I get from people is that they often will leave feeling more optimistic and inspired, which is part of my mission in, in teaching those webinars. And, and a lot of it really has to do with that mindset piece. You know, people come into the webinars, those who have had experience, it's mostly negative. When I ask people, you know, to share like what's their experience been, call out words, you know, most of the words are pretty negative. And, and, you know, I'm on a mission to change that. And part of it has to do with changing your mindset and also feeling more confident about yourself, but also in your ability to navigate this process. Um, and there, there are very specific ways to do that. You know, there's a certain kind of profile, um, you know, length and content that is, is going to attract more of the kinds of people that you're wanting to attract. There's a way to assess profiles. There's a way to use the messaging to gather more information that helps you assess people better before you take those next steps. And so having confidence in your ability to navigate it also can make a huge difference as well. It makes so much sense what you're saying because you know your mindset is coloring the way that you're communicating, the way that you're building your profile. I mean, I know there's times I felt really jaded or burned by somebody. I don't know how much this comes into your world, but I've met quite a few people who are in non-monogamous or open relationships. And I'm like, that's all great and wonderful. I really don't, that's not what I want. And so for a little bit, I actually put up on my profile, like I'm not into this. But then after some time I revisited it and I realized, you know, this is a lot of like no energy that I'm putting out. Right. And yes, I did meet a whole bunch of people who were like that, but you know, there aren't, that's not the world. That's not, I don't, I can maybe to your point, ask better questions or mm -hmm. do a little bit more due diligence after we've matched versus have this kind of like chain mail fence up. And, um, I think one thing that really triggered my understanding of that was seeing somebody else's profile, a man 
who had just like a whole bunch of no's listed out. And I was like, you seem cute and attractive, but what? I, it's like, all you have are these no's. And I get that you have standards. We, I'm happy you have standards and self-respect, but it, there was something about it that did feel, you know, just really negative. And to your point about that mindset, you know, it's like, he's kind of bringing his full chainmail armor right. to the first date, to before the first date. We haven't even said hi. It's like, can you put the sword down for the moment? And we'll just make some friendly chit chat and see, you know, if there's something here. Absolutely. When I see the negative stuff in a profile, like no drama, no this, no that, it, it, no drama. Yeah. Right. So when I, whatever whatever comes after the no tells me that this person just had that experience. It, it, it reveals actually a lot about them and it is such a turnoff. Right. And I always encourage people not to have any negativity in a profile because there, there are ways to reframe it in a positive way. So saying, you know, I'm not looking for hookups, for example, or for an open relationship or whatever, you can instead say, you know, I'm looking for the real deal, right? It's, it conveys the same information. Clearly, if you're looking for the real deal, you're not looking for hookups, right? You're looking for, for a real relationship. So finding ways to frame things in a positive way still gets your message across. And it's going to be, um, you know, it's just much more attractive. Um, but then and going back to fun, it's right. more fun. Right. That's exactly. more engaging and there's more joy and lightheartedness versus no. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, again, the, the no, you know, people say no baggage. All right. Well, you know, nobody gets to adulthood without some baggage. You know, it's just how much of it you have <laughs> and how right. much you've done on it. Um, right. You know, but these people, you know, some people say like, I have no baggage. Really? <laughs> You're 50 and you have none whatsoever, not even a carry-on? <laughs> yeah, you're like, well, maybe you got a whole closet that's like everything's buried underneath the bed, so. Uh, from Shakespeare, I think he doth protest too much. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. When I read specifically no drama or anything that's like about just charged, feels really charged, I'm like, I sort of now think that you are dramatic. Right. I'm right. actually, I'm actually pretty confident that you probably bring some drama to the table. And yeah. that's why you feel the need to say nobody else needs to be dramatic, but it's, so it's, it sort of backfires. Right. Absolutely. And I, I, I can't recall now we talked earlier, if we talked earlier about this or, or during the interview, but you know, one of the things that's really important to remember is that everything is information everything, what they say, what they don't say, how they say it, how they communicate. And really your job, if you're dating, is to kind of be like a researcher, kind of gather all that information or data and look at what it's telling you. Does it resonate for you? Is it positive? Do you share values? Are you looking for the same kind of thing? Um, It is all information. Yeah. Everything. And what you had said too earlier really stood out to me. It's about what they do also, right. because I think that is something that I've struggled with. Many people have struggled with. We get excited. We want that package that they're presenting themselves as, but then, you know, maybe they don't follow up. They, they're not very timely. They don't have consistent communication. 
whatever that sort of um, those, those different ways that they're not actually really showing up for you, we can sort of overlook yeah. or excuse or not pay attention to until, you know, eventually we're like frustrated and it's just not working out. Yeah, no, absolutely. We can get easily blinded by the shiny objects. <laughs> it's like when you, you know, go sh shop in a store and they have all those tiny little things, you know, in the mile long um, line leading up to the register, right? Because they want you to like pick all those little shiny things up before you actually get to the register. Um, we get we get distracted and we lose sight of the big picture. Um, so it is really important to pay attention to all of it. And to also remember that I, I believe that people really show a lot of who they are very early on. And if we're willing to really look at all of it, we can see what people are telling us. Um, they show us through their behavior. You know, when people aren't consistent, for example, with their communication, that's information. That's really important information. If you feel like you're working harder than they are in keeping the conversation going, that's information for you, you know? And if you're doing that at this stage, you know, what's gonna happen down the road? Absolutely, it can be hard. We don't, you know, we want the, we wanna get to the register <laughs> sometimes, right? We can have that and maybe that's the race to the checkout line and uh, skipping by all those important pieces of real intimacy that you were mentioning. And, uh, and also fun, like you said, because it's when we put that much pressure, sort of full tilt, mm -hmm. pedal to the metal, right? Maybe we both really want a relationship. We both really want X, Y, Z. So we sort of ignore what's actually happening right. to race down to whatever it is we desire. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It can cause us to lose the fun and lose the joy. We're not really present with the relationship at that point. We're kind of creating some storyline. Okay, right. Well, and you know, one thing I think that can really help with that is kind of bringing it back um, to like a step-by-step -step process, you know, like really at, at, at its core, like you look at a photo and you decide usually within a few seconds whether or not you like the photo enough to want to look at the rest of their profile. Then you read their profile. Do you like their profile enough? What's in it to want to reach out to them? When they respond, do you like their response enough to want to continue to communicate? Do you then like that enough to want to have a call, a video date, a meet in person? And when you go on a first date, I will say to my clients, the only question at the end of a first date is whether or not you might want a second date and ditto for the second and the third dates. And when you are able to kind of keep it in that step-by-step -step process, it, it keeps you from getting too far ahead of yourself in your own head. You know, if you go into every first date thinking, is this my person? Is this my soulmate? Is this the one I'm going to marry? And, you know, how would they get along with my friends and my family? And if you bring all that into it really early on, that is way too much pressure. And it's, it's going to sabotage it. It's just too much pressure. So if you can keep it in that step-by-step -step process, you know, again, you can feel like soulmates and, you know, feel really good about the connection and how it's building. Um, but it really, really helps to just break it down and not get too far ahead in your own head about where things might go. 
Yeah. So grounded, such a practical take on practical take on dating that I think we need at this day and age because it has sort of become this wild west of, I don't know what, you know, gunslinging. Yeah. Like do not pass go. Everybody's just Well, and it's also a way to have fun, right? Like if you're not worrying about what's going to happen in a year or 10 years, you know, like, again, if you can just be more present, then you can also have more fun too, while you're still being pragmatic and assessing, you know, quality and fit and and what the, what information they're giving you. Um, It's when we get too far ahead of ourselves that we trip ourselves up, actually. Right. Well, I think if people start to follow your dating advice and join your webinar, they will not only have more successful dating lives, but they will also become enlightened beings. Right. <laughs> because like exactly what you're talking about, this um, unattachment, not detachment where we're avoidant and not grasping, but right. that, you know, just really centered and balanced unattachment where we can let things come and let things go and just be the observer. I mean, that is like the crux of becoming a master of your own energy structure, your own minds and your own emotions, which, you know, I wouldn't say it's the end goal, but it's a, it's an amazing thing to achieve and something obviously, which we achieve piece by piece over time. So a huge benefit, not just to your dating life, but for your life. Absolutely. in, In general. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I talked about earlier, you know, feeling good about yourself and creating a life, you know, that other people might want to be a part of. And, and to that point also, I think that when you have done that, like when you have a full life that you feel good about, then that frees you up to be more selective. Also, Um, when I was dating, what I would say to myself is that, you know, my life is good and I'm comfortable on my own. And I'm really looking for somebody spectacular. That was my word, spectacular, who's going to come in and enhance my life. And that's really different from just filling voids. I want someone who's going to enhance my life. And I'd rather be alone than be with the wrong person. And I was really, really clear about that Um, because being with the wrong person can feel pretty awful. And you can feel far lonelier in a relationship that's not right sometimes than if you were just by yourself. So when you can get to that place, then it really does free you up to date more intentionally and more selectively as well. Right. And not not to rush because it's like, well, where are you rushing to? If you enjoy your life, you feel fulfilled, you feel content, there's, there's no need to run towards that finish line because you know, obviously having that relationship, like you said, there's going to be enhancement, but there is no difference between then and now. It's just, you know, I'm enjoying, I'm content, I'm at peace with things as they are, as they stand. Right. Absolutely. That's awesome. So I think we have time for one more. And I'm asking this because, you know, so I'm a healer, I'm a spiritual guide and I'm dating. And I just find it so interesting to see how people respond to that. I'm not a dating coach, so I'm not necessarily triggering that in the other people that I'm interacting with, but there is a certain way that I, I bring, you know, this identity with me and it's creating a response. Mm-hmm. And maybe also within me too, I, I think I've put it down more and more, but a way that I feel like I need to be an expert 
and how that can sometimes come in in between myself and just meeting another person. So I'm curious for you, I know that you're not dating currently, but when you were dating, how did being a dating coach affect at all, if it did at all, dating? Sure. Yeah. So it's such a great question. So just a little tiny bit of backstory. So I started my career in clinical psychology and I was a therapist for over 20 years and then became a coach. So my whole career, you know, has, has been in this, you know, kind of genre of helping people. Um, and so, so a couple things, um, you know, one is when I would tell people that I was a therapist before or a dating coach now, specifically a relationship coach, um, how people respond to that was information for me. Like I, I knew that I wanted somebody who was really self-reflective and, like to process and was open and so forth and, and open with their emotions. Um, and so if people would respond to, you know, what do you do? And I would tell them with, oh, you know, like, you know, they get all kind of threatened or want to know if I'm going to read their mind or um, put more pressure on me in some way. Um, I knew that those weren't going to be a good fit. Those people would not be a good fit for me. Um, the people who were curious about what I did and wanted to know more, those were the people I was drawn to, you know, because it said something about them and their openness to the kind of work that I do. Um, and the other piece, just in terms of kind of what you said, you know, what you bring to it, given the work that you do, um, you know, I, I certainly have at times also felt that pressure, you know, like here I am, you know, this expert, you know, I should be doing it perfectly, right? Um, and what I what I would tell myself and what I say to people is I'm human first. I'm, I'm a full human being before I became a therapist and then a coach. And so as a human being, you know, I've had all kinds of experiences and I have all different emotions and different thoughts that I bring to the process first. Fortunately, I also have this expertise that can help guide me in my own experience. Um, but, you know, my humanness, I lead with my humanness in this process um, and always did, not with my dating coach hat um, when I was engaged in the process. Right, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, absolutely. I can feel when I put it on. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm stepping into it or you know, maybe I feel that they expect me to do that or something. And I felt that to be a hindrance um, to, because you're just, you really just wanna connect with people. Right. Uh, and obviously be seen for your humanness and seen for your vulnerabilities. I mean, as scary as we've talked about, that can be to share that. That's also what's attractive right. oftentimes in another person or about yourself too. So I could totally understand that. Um, and I love what you said too. It's just information because at the end of the day, right. Of course, what, you know, we can make it mean so many other things. Sure. Oh, what does that mean about me and this and that? But it's like, no, it's really just facts and figures to a certain extent, especially when you're just meeting somebody. Right. Well, and, and the work that we do is just one part of who we are, right? And so I would say like, if you're feeling pulled to put that hat on, that's information for you that, you know, there's something going on there. Um, and, and maybe, you know, in a way that doesn't actually serve what you're trying to find, um, you know, if, if you're putting that hat on right out of the gate, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I saw it for myself, you know, just to share a little bit, there were, there were times that I would do it because that was a dynamic that was being created. Like the, the, we were not going to date. 
this person and I, we were not a match. We could continue to have a conversation, but there was a way that um, things shifted. And so that was kind of okay. Yeah. But then there were other times where I would put it on and it became, you know, sort of, I would say a fear of intimacy or maybe that a vulnerability uh, that I might've been afraid for whatever reason to expose that was sort of like a default crutch that I would use. Um, But yeah, I guess it's, it's a little, yeah, it's interesting because I meet people everywhere and I meet clients everywhere and I've, I don't go on dating sites to meet clients, but I have absolutely met people through dating sites just because, as you said, it's a way to find people that are mirroring certain things. So you're bringing a certain energy to the table and you're going to meet like-minded folks. Um, so it might've made me more trigger happy, I guess, with the, with the expert hat. But I do, I just think it's funny because there's this, you said it perfectly, kind of this duality that we inhabit, which is I have some knowledge, I have some extra skill, And I'm also a human with baggage and issues and stories and things that I'm working on. And that will not stop until really the day that I die and potentially after that. So it's, you know, it's, it's allowing ourselves to be a whole person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Allowing ourselves to be a whole person first and foremost, and then making sure that we're selecting people who are going to support that as well. Yeah. Right. Right. What I mean, what you said from the very beginning about somebody not being able to see just how amazing and wonderful we are, the person is, whoever is, is dating. Um, it's so true because I like to think of it for myself, for others, like I'm a gem, I'm a, I'm a diamond in the rough. I'm a prize. I'm like this amazing thing obviously I have issues I'm not perfect we're not going to go down that route right now but you know that aside I'm still this amazing being and I have so much to give and to share and if for whatever reason that's not being honored or seen or noticed and I've actually even seen this in work relationships too it's like well if if the strengths that I have and I bring to the table aren't the strengths that are desired honored valued for whatever reason it's not a good fit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it needs to feel like a good fit for both of you in order for it to truly be a good fit. It's not enough that you might feel it. They have to feel it too. And I think that's important because sometimes people, um, you know, can connect with somebody and kind of idealize them and think that they are a perfect person for them. And the other person isn't responding in in that way. And they think that they can kind of change how they feel, how the other person feels, you know, and they work really hard to to that end. And I think it's really important to remember that, you know, we need to honor and value ourselves first and foremost, and we need to pay attention to how people respond and to recognize that we can't change other people. You know, we can only change how we respond to them. and, And that's actually where our power is also. Um, but it needs to be a good fit for both of you for it to be a genuine, genuinely good fit. Yeah. When you were saying that, I mean, I was thinking of, you know, how would you change somebody's mind? And I mean, you could, you could literally get them to try to change their mind, but, uh, the most, the way that I've seen it for myself and others is you change the way that you present. It's like, how can I, then it's all of a sudden, how can I modify myself to fit somebody else? 
versus no, I'm, I'm me. Exactly. I'm me first and foremost. How can I meet somebody that aligns with that? Right. Rather than trying to shape shift. And I think that's where, you know, like people pleasing can come into play or, or just not really um, knowing yourself well enough to know where your boundaries are, what you do like, what you don't like, where your values are. And then you're sort of just this, like, you take the shape of whatever you're around. Right. And, you know, both parties can feel very unfulfilled by that sort of relationship. Authentic. So, right. It lends itself to not feeling good ultimately. Right. Yeah. So good. So many words of wisdom. I'm sure I know that you regularly host your webinar. I'm sure many people will want to attend that and learn more. Uh, Yes. So I teach my webinar um, several times a year in all different places. And where people can find out about it is by following my uh, Facebook business page. That's usually where uh, the easiest way to find them. It's where I post them. And that's just at Susan Trotter, PhD. So people can go there and follow me and hopefully show up at some of my webinars. And, and there's coming back to more than one um, because I do give out so much information. It's a lot and it's hard to kind of remember everything and take it all in. So uh, I encourage people to come back over and over again. We need reminders too. You know, we can, we can forget everything you're saying. It's so practical, so structured at the core. It's so simple, but then our emotions come in, our fears, our anxieties, our worries, you know, stirring up these deep, things within us and we forget. We throw the handbook right out the window. So I can imagine that coming back is hugely valuable for folks. And um, you can find all that information there. It's also below the video so people can find you and connect with you as well. Absolutely. And I also offer to people, um, I'm happy to do a complimentary consultation with anybody that might be interested. Um, In addition to dating, I also help people who are in relationships and want to strengthen the connection and improve communication. And to that end, I work with individuals and couples uh, as well. And I also help people who are thinking about or going through divorce and help them navigate that process too. So I'm happy to do a consultation. And for anybody who has an online dating profile and would like me to do a quick review and give them some feedback, uh, they can also send that to me um, via email, which is uh, susantrotterphd at gmail.com. We'll put that in the comments later. Um, And I'm happy to to give you some feedback on your profile. So fun. You can do a little audit on people's. Okay, there's no drama. We're going to delete that. Yes, delete that and <laughs> reframe, and reframe. way to reframe it. <laughs> Absolutely. So great. Well, it's so lovely to have you. Thank you so much, Susan, for taking this time and sharing your wealth of knowledge with us. Oh, thank you, Julie. This was such a blast. I feel like we could talk for hours about all of this. And- we could. I do. I, I, I specifically love it. We focused on dating, which is, you know, my little area that I'm obsessed with, but you were speaking now about divorce and relation. It's like, we could go on and on and on. There's so much there. It was such a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for inviting me to join you. And uh, I look forward to connecting more with you as well. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thank you. Okay, let me.